Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea. This is Dave. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a, a, a like. Leave us a couple likes, a couple stars, whatever it is you do on that thing. I don't know. Um, we could use the love. So as we do on this show, highlight business owners who are still plowing their way through the pandemic. Plow is a good metaphor, despite the fact that it's like it's been 90 degrees and there's a hurricane and all that. I still feel like we're in. This is like the blizzard of 78 times like a thousand uh, for those old enough to get that reference. Anyway, I have one such business owner today. Her name is Debbie Vogt. She is a bookkeeper and welcome to the virtual studio. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you over the roar of the applause of our studio audience here. I know they are a particularly good-looking audience, David. Well, I don't know where you found them. Impressive. <laughs> That's the great thing about the virtual world. You can imagine anything you want. You know, it's just sure. it doesn't matter. So, how has your pandemic been? You know, the pandemic has been interesting. Like a lot of other business owners, we're doing our best every day to keep moving forward, and we're succeeding. You know, we've got a great book of clients, and we are seeing that they are doing the same thing either reinventing themselves a little, tweaking what they do a little bit, and learning some new tricks along the way. Mm-hmm. So it's been really great. It hasn't been without its challenges, but it's, you know, we're succeeding and I'm really excited. So you've been doing this thing on your own for about how long now? And by the way, the name of the business is the Harmony Bookkeeping Company. And we have a play on words alert, I believe yeah. here, right? We do. It actually ends with money. So harmony spelled H-A-R-M-O-N-E-Y because that's what it comes down to. Um, and so, oh, darn it. I can turn my thing off. That's okay. Is that okay? All right. Sorry, just threw the phone over there for better or worse. Um, so yeah, so we focus on money. Actually, we're a small business. There are six of us who work at Harmony. I started it three, three, three and a half years ago. And we focus on working with small, medium-sized business owners in Massachusetts, but we do also have some great clients that are out of state. Uh, we also do something called Senior Bill Pay, which is working with local senior citizens who are, as I say, good at living at home, but not so great getting the bills paid and keeping up with the mail management. So we have one of our staff members who actually focuses on seniors in our community. Now, that's interesting. I imagine there's a huge need for that. There is a huge need for that, and not many people do it. Not many people know about us, um, and we have some really terrific clients, and we help out with everything from just making sure the bills are paid and only once 
to um, going through <laughs> right. kind of the endless, you know, mail that comes into the mailbox and sorting and organizing with the senior with us. We do it in conjunction with our clients. Also, we might help with gathering information for tax planning, you know, before things go to the CPA. Um, you know, sometimes a password needs to be reset or a smartphone is acting funny. You know, so we can help with all those things. So, so it's a great, a great business to be in. So if folks of my generation are worried that mom or dad or both are maybe, you know, either never paying the electric bill or paying it three times in the same month. <laughs> and it happens, or, I know, we see that. Right. Oh, so my, yeah, my dad happens to be in the hospital right now and he's doing better. He, he took a kind of a scary fall and um, my mom and I have been visiting him, but he's trying to tell my mom, now he's sedated, he's in the hospital. It's the right flip place for him to be, but he's telling my mom, you know, take, you got to take some money out of the citizen's account and put it in the, the fleet account. And she goes, what? The fleet, the fleet bank account, <laughs> which hasn't existed for like, I think a decade. So yeah. I mean, now that might've been the, the, um, you know, sedatives talking, but nevertheless, he's getting up there. And so that must be a comfort to a lot of the people. And, and is that what occurs that people of the, the one generation down are hiring you to take care of their parents? Yes, we actually see a mix. So we see um, the adult children who are asking us to help. The senior has to buy in. So, you know, it needs to be the senior saying, yes, we want your help too. Sometimes the adult kids just aren't around or they're not available or they really want to keep the division between the parents' money and the adult children. So we'll get called in for a number of different reasons. Um, a lot of cases, the, the adult child just does not live in the area and there's no one there to really provide that hands-on support. So has things, have things changed for you during the pandemic as they've changed for so many of us? They have. I think the biggest thing that changed for us is keeping up with the SBA and the CARES Act, helping our clients understand what they can, you know, getting the PPP loan, what they can use it for. Now we're working, I'm doing a forgiveness workshop this week and next for small business owners to help them apply for the forgiveness so they have the best chance of getting all or as much as possible forgiven. So it's been a lot to keep up with that and making sure that all of our clients know what to do and when and the best use of that money to have it be forgiven. This is good. I'm going to take care of some business on this podcast because I, yes. I, I have to mind my PPP loan. I, at Pod 617, I, I, uh, it was a humble, it's a humble loan, but nevertheless, I want yeah. to make sure. it's. They extended the time kind of way out something like 24 weeks or something from when the check is originally. If you don't know this off the top of your head, it's okay. But is it something? No, I do know this off the top oh, okay. of your head. I was okay. waiting to make sure I was clear on your question. So yes, they did extend it from an eight-week cover period to a 24-week cover period. All comes to an end on December 31st. So even if there's not quite 24 weeks between when someone gets their loan and December 31st, it still ends on December 31st. And then you can, you know, put in for your loan forgiveness at any point when you finish using, when you've used up all the money. So it doesn't, you don't need to wait 24 weeks. If you've used it up for the legitimate purposes ahead of time, you can go ahead and get your forgiveness application in. Um, otherwise, you have up to 10 months after the completion of your cover period to put in the application for forgiveness before interest will start accruing, or sorry, before you need to start making payments. So it's a good that, long time. We need people like you to sort these things out for us yeah. because the to <laughs> when they when it unfortunately like the the scatterbrain business owners like myself when we hear it used to be eight weeks now it's twenty four weeks 
to me, that just means basically worry about it some other time. And yeah. uh, it, it's probably not so wise <laughs> to do that. Yeah. And well, that's hard. And sometimes you just have to read and then just wait and see what's going to change before you act. It has been stable, not good. It's been stable for a while now. So I think we've got, I think there will be some tweaks in different ways, but for the most part, the instructions have been stable for, I would say, the last three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. And you can still get a loan until August 8th. And All right. That too again, but. And sorry if I missed this, but you met, I mean, you mentioned helping seniors, but what does that describe uh, a big chunk of your clientele or who else are we talking about? No, it's mostly small and medium sized businesses in okay. and around Massachusetts that we work with everything. We've got kitchen designers and carpenters. We have big equipment sellers and pharmaceutical marketing companies, medical professions. So we've got a nice mix, brick and mortar and online stores. So it's, it's quite a nice mix of our clients. When our podcast empire grows a little bit more, I may be giving you a call, Debbie. For now we've been doing it in-house, but it's, it's, it, you must have clients that you've been with for a long time. And do you get to sort of share in their success stories? What's that like? I definitely do. And it's really nice to see them make it. Well, the way I look at bookkeeping and I'm trying to demystify it, because a lot of business owners will run their business out of their bank account. They'll just look at their bank balance. They won't so much look at their reporting <laughs> because it looks like a jumble of numbers, right? I see you raising your hand. Right? <laughs> I would raise my hand. <laughs> so what I like to do is I like to liken it to any book mm-hmm. because all books tell a story and bookkeeping is no different. And we see books that look largely to be a work of fiction when we start with them. We see books that I call the memoir. And the memoir is when the owner tries to remember what certain expenses were and they can't remember. So you're looking at something and you're thinking, well, there's not really any documentation here. However, the owner remembers this. So you look at something that's a memoir. And so every set of books tells a story. And just like in life, you know, knowing is always better than not knowing. And bookkeeping is no different. So look at what story your books are telling. and. You know, we want everybody to be what we call the hero journey. That's where we want everybody to go, to have the books that tell the true story of what's going on. There are some ups, there are some downs. They oversaw some challenges, they persevered, and now they've got a story that they can build on and they can write their own ending. I like that. I think the story of my books would tell the story of, it would be called, um, the perfect is the enemy of the good, or it ain't perfect, but it's still pretty good. So (laughs) we we read a lot of stories. We see a lot of different stories and, um, and it's an easier way for the owners to start to think about their bookkeeping because it's a familiar format. You know, what story do your books tell? Well, your books tell the story that you had a good first half of the year, but let's work on the second half or, you know, they, they can tell a story of neglect. They can tell a story of attention. They can tell a lot of stories. Um, How much do you, how much do you get to know? Tell me about how much you get to know what it is that your clients do you know if you have um and maybe give me an example uh without naming names i mean i know they're your clients um we pretty know much know everything their business does we see every transaction in every trend you know money in money out we see all the credit card we know who the vendors are we know what those vendors are doing um and the way that we can help and the way we understand is look at the revenue that's coming in do they have different revenue streams so we might have one we think of one without identifying, you know, but one person who might have a revenue stream from selling this product and this service, and that's kind of a focus. Yet they also have something else that's going on. So let's divide out that revenue and report it. It's still in the same report, but a little differently. So they can see, okay, well, of the money that I've made, you know, three quarters of it's coming from this, only one quarter is coming from here, but I'm spending so much money on this product that is, mm-hmm. I'm only bringing a quarter of revenue. So I have to look at what I'm doing to bring down my expenses. What do I need to pump up that revenue? Or is that a business I should not be in? 
You know, is that ever going to be profitable for me? Where am I making money and how much is it costing me to make that money? I think your slogan could be when you're confused by the trees, we see the forest. Think yes. about that. That one's for free. So, because that, that's what, because that yes. you're right. I mean, business owners are, are constantly looking at like what's in front of them, what's the next challenge, what's the issue, and maybe not see, you know, the big picture of where, like you say, where you're spending your money and, and, and where things can be changed. Um, Absolutely. And this is a no judgment zone. We work with a lot of business owners. You know, as I say, you're basically showing us your financial underwear drawer. <laughs> so, and we know what that's like, and it can be embarrassing. Yeah. Not, not to us. We're fine. We have no judgment. We understand, hey, you're running a business. You're knocking it out of the park. We're going to find those silver linings. We're always going to find things that people are doing well so they can feel good about it because they're doing so many more things well than they think. Mm -hmm. And then we tighten up the bookkeeping piece. When, when and if the time comes, Debbie, I think I would trust you with my underwear. Uh, financial oh, underwear. Good. No, just financial. That's the only one I want to say. <laughs> That's it. The other, no, no, no. It is... Uh, Debbie Vote, pronounced Vote, but spelled V-O-G-T. If you don't mind me asking, wh what, where's the derivation of your name? Um, I believe it comes from my husband's family um, in Liechtenstein. Okay, you and I have so, you have an, I have something in common. We have unusual last names that you have to spell, even though they're super short. I, I, I have I have the most misspelled three letter name. Everybody thinks it's Y A Z, which isn't so bad. And you poor yeah. thing, you've been going through your whole married life saying V-O-G-T. Yes. V -O -G -T. yes. What was, and we're also both alphabetically challenged, and I bet you traded down. What was your maiden I did. name? It was Conklin. Oh, I started see. at oh. the beginning of the alphabet. How Plummeted. about you? Oh, you were always C. What am I saying? You were always, I mean, you were always Y. But I started. I was always Y, yes. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I can't change my name to, uh, well, my, my, my mom's side of the family is Irish, so I could have changed my name to Oyaz, I guess. But um, oh, see, that, that, that really doesn't see, even help yes. that. <laughs> I come from an Irish family. Now, what I do when it doesn't really matter is I just spell it V-O-T-E. Like if we're do you really? I do. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I will customize it to suit the situation because it's just those letters V, G, and T are three letters that are hard to hear on a telephone. Those are the ones that you always have to clarify. Right. Um, and... So sometimes I'll just shortcut it. No um, one's ever harmed. No one's been harmed in me shortcutting our name. That reminded me of that reminds me of a very uh, uh, random fact. For some reason, the other day I was looking into uh, Geraldo Rivera because he had said something completely insane. Uh, I forget what it was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But his there were there were these rumors as Geraldo was coming up that his name wasn't really Geraldo Rivera, that it was like Jerry Rivers and he was this Jewish guy. Turns out not so. In fact, his name, his birth name was Rivera. His mom used to change it to Riviera to, wow. and it was something about how certain um, minorities would be accepted and certain wouldn't. So she just started writing Riviera everywhere. Anyway, you started writing vote for a completely different reason. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. We live in a world of parentheses here at the Boston podcast, and we thank you for indulging that. Before we, oh, yep. I'm sorry. What's that, Debbie? I love parentheses. Yeah, well, I have a hard time writing anything without putting something in parentheses. Almost every single thing. I love them. It's you just have a little extra bit of clarity, a little bit. 
it's a parentheses kind of world. You might it think is. of something that's why in podcasting, you think of something and you go off on a little detour and you always come back. The parentheses always ends. They when do. I was, when I used to write for a newspaper, Lawyers Weekly, I challenged myself to write a column about footnotes where the footnotes would, would um, triple the size of the actual uh, text, which is the footnote is just a fancy version of a parenthesis. Anyway, <laughs> it is uh, it is Debbie Vote, as I said, V O G T. If you want to spell it right, otherwise, just spell it like the word vote and go to harmonybooks.com. Now, don't forget the clever spelling. It's harmony, but like money, like cash, you know, yes. cash money. Harmony, H A R O H A R M O N E Y books.com. Uh, you want me to give out your email address? Too, Debbie? That would be great. What the we'll heck, right? That. It's easy to remember also because it's Debbie at HarmonyBooks.com. Debbie, I-E, not <laughs> Debbie Y. Spelling everything today at HarmonyBooks.com. And uh, as we will do here, we're going to play a quick session of good stuff where Debbie and I both recommend something good. And uh, let's play that right now if I can find the intro. Jeez, you know, I'm a little out of sorts today. I'm in the home uh, studio instead of the actual studio. I've been going back to the actual. I know. Studio. I can't believe you fit that whole audience in there too. They look a little I, rough, <laughs> but they, they're masked up. So good for you. Yes, it's uh, it, it is a spacious apartment. <laughs> Not really. And I screwed that up. All right, let's try it one more time. Like I said, let's play good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right. I think I got my act again. All right. Thank you, B-52s. Debbie, do you have something that might brighten the days of our uh, pandemic bummed out masses listeners? I do. And I okay. just discovered this yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that is because in the last two days, I have eaten, and it's a little embarrassing to say, 10 of the most delicious snickerdoodles I have ever had in my entire life. No apologies so necessary. I'm, it's unbelievable. So mm-hmm. there's a business in Wayland, which is where, where I live, called Brownies Cakes and Cookies. You Ooh. can find them on Facebook. Brownies, like, because the last name is Brown, B-R-O-W-N-I-E apostrophe S, mm-hmm. Cakes and Cookies. Just to look at the Facebook page, you're going to be drooling. The best <laughs> snickerdoodles on the planet. And I know from snickerdoodles. <laughs> Now, a, a snickerdoodle, see, I've, it, that's not a Girl Scout cookie, actually. Now, a snickerdoodle is what it sounds like. It's a cookie that tastes like a, uh, a Snickers bar. Yes? Is that right? That is not what a snickerdoodle is. No! What is it? No, a snickerdoodle is just like um, a sugar cookie rolled in cinnamon sugar. Oh, okay. And then it's baked in this nice little fluffy, puffy bit of deliciousness surrounded by cinnamon sugar. Brownies, cakes, and cookies is the name of the place. Brownies, cakes, and cookies in Wayland. Get the snickerdoodles. You can't go wrong. All right, that's that's an excellent. That's uh, you get high points. You get a plus for good stuff today. Um, yes, my good stuff will be. You know what? I'm going to go back and remind our listeners of something that you should have watched if you didn't. If you didn't go back and watch it now, I think it's on Netflix. I'll I'll check it out. It might be on HBO. But it's called McMillions. And since you are a, uh, a bookkeeper, Debbie, you'd appreciate this. So it, it's, again, I take it by your face you haven't seen it. McMillions? Okay. Um, it's a documentary series, uh, like eh, five or six. It's on HBO, by the way. McMillions. And it chronicles the scandal of the 80s, I think, where what happened was the, uh, you know, they had, McDonald's had that 
game where you peeled off the thing on the French fries oh, no. and something happened whereby one dude was getting all the winning ones and he was trying to, he was cleverly, he was a gangster type, although he obviously wasn't the smartest gangster in the world because eventually he got found out. He would sell the, the tickets to people that he knew and then they would collect the million and hopefully make a profit. Although the guy had figured it out where he was kind of swindling the, those people too. And something in the, in the bookkeeping process at McDonald's had gone haywire, or maybe it was the security. There's a big deal there as to, there's a big mystery as to how he actually got the, the tickets in the first place. He bribed somebody that worked there. Anyway, it's fascinating. Uh, You'll like it. Yeah. McMillions on HBO. All right. And I'm going to have to look at I wrote that down. If they, if they had hired um, your outfit, Debbie, then they never would have had such problems. Clearly. We always have our eye out. We always have our eye out for something that looks amiss. That's right. I'm sure. So, uh, Debbie, you've been an awesome guest. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, thank you. So, once again, to reach Debbie or uh, find out more about her business, it's Harmony Books, but money like money, cash money. Harmonybooks.com. Check it out. On behalf of Debbie Vote, my new best friend, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston... You must be the other guy. Have a good day, everybody.